Welcome to the Sober Sessions Podcast, where I am your host, Connie McMillan, aka the Sobriety Queen, coach, and author. On this podcast, we help kings and queens live purpose, no longer pain. We interview kings and queens around the globe so that you can hear their real life stories to see just how your life too can be transformed. So let's jump on into the episode. Welcome to the Sober Sessions Podcast, where I am your host, Connie McMillan, also known as the Sobriety Queen, no longer the alcohol fiend. Thank you guys so much for being here. If you happen to catch last week's episode, you know that was a solo, but this week we have the honor and privilege to have none other than Miss Ashley Boyd. I came to know Ashley. You guys already know. I find all my queens on Instagram. (laughs) And she and I met on Instagram. And I actually was drawn to her photos. Uh, Ashley is a wife. She is a food blogger. Um, Those are the two things that I know. She might share some other things with me too. But those are the two things that I know about her. And she has an incredible story. Uh, Just how sobriety has transformed her life. You guys know I bring guests on so that you can see what's possible for you. So welcome to the show, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and I'm so happy you found me on Instagram. This is this is great. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Please. I told you I was drawn to your photos, honey, because I got a little fat girl inside of me. She lives there. And, um, <laughs> And I literally was like, you know, I mean, the fact that the food looks amazing, but the the shots are clean. Thank you so much. I I just was like, who is this young lady? Like, who is she? And then that led me, as I had mentioned to you off off camera, uh, that, you know, that led me to go into your bio. And, uh, you know, I just was like, oh, my gosh, really? She's sober? Like, is that how I'm meeting this young lady? So... Give us the backstory. Like, let us know today. Well, I gave you the introduction. Okay, so I said that you're a food blocker. I also said that you're a wife. Did I miss anything? Um, those are the two main things. Um, I'm also, I'm an insurance salesperson, but um, that's what I do full time. I'm a food blogger by night is what I say. So Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just didn't want to omit anything. So that's why I said, let me, you know, make sure. But give us the backstory. So today she is glowing. She is amazing. She looks absolutely stunning. What was life like prior to sobriety? life was totally different. Um, I drank for most of my life. I'll be 35 next month. And I started drinking like heavily when I was 17 years old. So for half of my life, all of my adult life, all I knew was the drinking Ashley. Mm -hmm. And she was not a nice person. I had addiction in my family from the time I was born. My mother, my grandfather, aunts, uncles, just pretty much everybody in my family was touched by addiction in some form. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, it's what I saw my entire life. And unfortunately I went down that same path and it took a lot away from me. It, you know, it, it, (laughs) it just, it did. I ended up doing so many things that I thought I would never do because Mm -hmm. of drugs and alcohol. When I was a teenager, I got into a lot of trouble 
Um, you know, I, I sold my body to men. I was molested. I was abused. I've done, I've stolen. I've done all types of crazy things mm -hmm. to get drugs and to get money for, you know, alcohol and to, to get my next fix pretty much. Right. And I overcame, well, I thought I overcame it in my mid twenties. I ended up going back to college and I left, left the drugs behind, but I continued to drink. However, I thought that I had it under control. In my head, I told myself, you know, that I was a normal drinker and that I I didn't do it every single day. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't, I wasn't drinking, going to work, you know, things like that. I would tell myself, if I'm not doing this, then yes. I must not be that bad. You know right, what I mean? right. Same here. Yeah. So, I mean, I just assumed I had it under control. And then when my mother passed, my mother passed when I was 25 due to complications related to addiction. Um, it kind of, you know, turned a switch inside of me and it really made me see that if I keep on, you know, this is possibly what could happen. And I, I tried to get it together. I tried to get it together. And I met my husband. We got married, the drinking continued. I hid how bad it was, you know, for a short while, but there's only so long you can hide something like that when you have a problem. Right. And let me let me jump in really quickly because mm -hmm. I don't want to forget any you're, you're dropping such good information. Um, when you let's just go back a little bit with regards to you said it, you know, you saw it around you. Is that, is that correct? Like when you, yeah, you know, your relatives, same with me. Um, I'd like to say that a lot of people have that's been their experience. And yeah, you wouldn't think that that would be your story either. Um, do you think that environment had a lot to do with your drinking or or the molestation i mean there there's some things so many mm -hmm. other things what do you think i think i think it had everything to do with it you know people say have terms like gateway drugs and stuff like that i think that trauma is the gateway you know trauma having going through so much mm -hmm. at a young age it just it, it messes with the the way you process things yes. and you don't know how to cope you don't know how to process that trauma those emotions so you turn to something whether it be you know mine was drugs and alcohol i turned to that to numb you know i didn't want to think about it i didn't i didn't have anybody to help me or talk to me there was yeah. no counselors or anything like that around so that's what i turned to that was my counselor that was my therapist I yeah. would get blacked out drunk. I would get messed up out of my mind so that I wouldn't have to think about the pain from my past or the pain that was current, currently going on. You know, I didn't, I wanted to numb out. I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to face it. So I definitely think that the trauma and the abuse and things that I went through affected my relationship with alcohol. I agree. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting how you said, like, we use this substance to numb out, right, to forget the, the traumatic experiences. Um, I definitely can totally relate to that. I struggled with low self-esteem when I was a child. And so, you know, I often tell the story, like when I first took my, my first taste of alcohol was like my early twenties. And it was like an awakening opened up inside of me, really felt like I was dead on the inside. And, you know, that was just what it is. And then of course, later on in life, I, I got married and, um, I suffered some verbal abuse in my relationship and, and we drank and stuff like that, but I would find myself really being miserable in that relationship. And I would also use the coping 
medicine, you know, mechanism, mm -hmm. if you will, um, as my way to numb my feelings, as a way to just say, you know, well, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to deal with it at this moment. And I'll just drink this, this Long Island iced tea because it's going to make me feel good. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. it's bringing more pain on top of it. It's just like a bandage, if you will, right? But, mm -hmm. So I would definitely say a bandage. And then when, when that bandage comes off, whenever you sober up, the pain's there and it's intensified. Yes, that is mm -hmm. the difference. It's intensified. Now you have to deal with the fact that, because it opens up, it's almost like it opens up the problem, but then you most likely have caused more problems and you can't remember what those problems are. It's just, it really is a spiral, a downward spiral. Alcohol is, it's, it's, it's so, it's disgusting. It just makes me yeah. so angry. Um, and then it's legal. So, so that's the part. That's that, a, oh my God, don't get me started on that. Yeah. It is literally disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I remember even during the pandemic, just, you know, kind of switching gears here and they had the liquor stores open during the pandemic. I mean, technically we're still in it, but, um, I was like, what, what, what do you mean? Like, how are the yeah. liquor stores open and you have recovery centers that are not open? People are going on Zoom meetings because they can't get to, you know, actual facilities. And yet, yeah. So, yeah, that's a whole subject. But, you know, that's that's yeah. move right along. But, yeah, mm -hmm. so you were saying, you know, um, you were trying to cover it up and uh, you got married or you met your husband. I don't know if you got married at that time. Uh, I met my husband and uh was trying to hide it, you know, when I met him, he knew that I drank, we drank together. He's mm -hmm. never been a big drinker, but he didn't know how much I drank. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he didn't see the ugly side, you know, that, that I would turn into the, the alter ego that I had yes. when I drank too much. And mm -hmm. he didn't, I hid that for a short while, but it eventually came out. You, you just can't hide it. No, no, then, no. Yeah. Alcohol won't let you, alcohol will not let you. So I totally agree. Um, my husband, ex-husband and I drank a lot too. I was just sharing, I uh, did an interview earlier and I was telling how, you know, they were asking him like, what's the most embarrassing thing you did? I'm like, Girl, there's just too many stories and you don't have enough air yeah. time. So, but I did tell them how we would uh, go to the movie theater and he would have a suitcase full of the nip size uh, bottles. And um, mm -hmm. it was like a requirement for us to have that. And yeah. I even remember, and this is something I've, I've never even shared this before, but I'm going to share it now because I'm just that transparent. And I remember, you know, I suffered so much verbal abuse in that relationship that my drinking increased as a result of it. But I would have to drink to really perform sexual performances, if you will. Um, oh my God, I can relate 100%. Yeah, and it was just like, that was so torturing. Like, I mean, it was crazy. It was just crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I just believe like, maybe I shared this now because I've probably had buried that thought. Um, but I'm always grateful when God brings things to my remembrance because there may be somebody in the audience that feels that way. You know, you might be in that situation yourself and feeling also alone. Like who goes through that? You're not, you're not the only one. You're using alcohol as a masking tool because, you know, you've suffered either be it violation or, you know, uh, you're in a toxic relationship and you're, this is your coping mechanism. Um, you're not the only one that has experienced that. It's very common, correct? 
Mm-hmm. I, I agree. It's we we think that we're alone because it's such like a taboo and people don't just openly talk about it. Mm-hmm. And you're ashamed, mm-hmm. you know, because you think that there must be something wrong with you. Like, why can't I why can't I be quote unquote normal? You mm-hmm. know, but we just don't know that there's so many others walking around going through the exact same thing. Absolutely. And I'm happy and thankful for podcasts like this and for people like you, Connie, to open it up for discussion. It's, it's a tremendous blessing. Well, it's my pleasure. Um, that was, you know, the reason why I created such a platform. You know, aside from the fact I like to talk. Um, <laughs> but well, you're a pleasure to listen to and to talk to. Oh, thank you, Queen. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I just knew that I didn't want to have this platform and, you know, buffer it or, you know, be it if, you know, you made mistakes, you stuttered or whatever, whatever comes out of you is what comes out of you. And, and because we pray, like we had a little hiccup because I forgot to pray before the, before we started. So we had a little <laughs> hiccup and I had to go on back and pray. But um, mm-hmm. I do that intentionally because prayer, that is because I want it to flow. I want God's presence to be felt and I want him to use us. You know, I understand that it's bigger than us. You know, um, I look at you and, and many others that I've been fortunate enough to have on this platform that we're God's vessels, right? We've, you know, I don't want to, we've, we've, by his grace, mm-hmm. by his grace and mercy, we are standing strong, right? Um, yes. And because of that, we now have the honor, we have the, I feel like it's our duty to serve and show up and tell others so that they too can stand up and rise and live the life that God wants them to live free of alcohol abuse, use, and dependency. Yes, I I couldn't agree more. Ever since I got sober, I have been open about it. And anybody who's willing to listen, I will talk about it Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's somebody else who's struggling and there's somebody else who needs to hear it. And any way I can help somebody who thinks they're alone i'm i'm ready to do it absolutely i totally agree and i appreciate that and you know i feel like you know uh even if you're listening right now and i know that public speaking be it if it's a podcast or you know in front of an audience it can be frightening i mean i do public speaking events and i'm always nervous you know armpit sweating and everything but you know that's just the human side of you but of course i pray and god comes through because i can't even tell you half the things i said once it's over and done but i do understand that again you get nervous um it takes time i've had people reach out to me and ask for advice you know i said just be yourself just tell your story. That's it. There's, there's nothing to mm-hmm. it. And um, and that usually does help. You tell your truth. And when you when you face those moments of, oh my gosh, this this should I tell this story? You know, just ask God, you know. I think too, mm-hmm. if you're really, really scared to tell that story, most likely you should tell that story because yeah. that means that there's somebody pulling, I feel like it's some energy pulling, saying that that story needs to be heard. So it's less about your fear or concern and what others will think. It's more about that person needing to hear it, if that makes sense. I agree 100 percent. I don't think that there's a part of my story that I mean, there there are things that I'm less willing to share or more Mm -hmm. afraid to share, I would Mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you have to get those things out. And it's, it's helping you as well, yeah. you know, telling those stories. is It's helping someone else, but it's helping you too. Absolutely. And it's probably helping you more 
it is. by getting that stuff out because holding things in mm-hmm. can be more damaging than the alcohol itself you know, yes. sometimes. so we have to get it out yes well <laughs> said well said Queen Ashley I totally agree I every time I'm able to speak I always say that like I mean okay so this might be something I've already said before it might be something new however God leads but it does it literally does make me feel better inside because you experience it differently no matter how many times you tell the same story you always experience it differently so I Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you it does help you but let's get um let's continue on with your story so now um you were trying to hide it your husband now understands or sees he's exposed to the fact that this has been a problem now what happens so he, my husband is very mild-mannered. He is sweet. He's kind. He's loving. He's understanding. He's supportive. Mm-hmm. He was an, an enabler for me, I will say, because mm-hmm. he didn't want to accept the fact that, oh my God, my wife has a problem and we've got to address this. You know, he would listen to what I would say and I would tell him, oh, I don't, I've never gotten, you know, that drunk before and it won't happen again. Or mm-hmm. I'm, you know, so sorry that I did that or, or whatever it was, he would accept my apology and he would honestly believe that it wouldn't happen again. Mm. And of course it happened again and again and again and again. And he, he finally came to me a year ago and told me one night after I, this was like a weekly occurrence, me going out and acting a fool, blacking out, showing my behind, you know, cursing him out and anybody else who said anything to me. Mm-hmm. He told me when we got home, he said, babe, you you can't drink anymore. This has to stop. And the fact that my husband, who has never fixed his mouth to say those words to me, told me that I said, I'm going to end up losing this man if I yeah. don't stop. And that was that woke me up right there. You know, you would think that me having a head on collision and running off the road, getting arrested and you think all that would wake me up. Right. It, it didn't. It took the thought of me possibly losing the, the love of my life, this person that I love more than myself, that's what woke me up. Wow. If I lose him, I know I'm, I'm done for. You know, I know there's no way out of this thing if I lose him. So you got to get it together. Yeah. And that was a year ago, and I haven't had a drink since. Wow, you look know? at that. But God knows what it'll take. He knows yeah. what it will take. That is incredible. Like you said, you think the head-on collision, you think those things that people would say, Oh, I know that was it. That was what, yeah, that, that drew her in. You're absolutely right. I mean, me pissing on myself in public and just, you know, cussing out. Oh girl, I was, that was a, Lord. Yes. I totally understand that one. Mouth like a sailor, you know, and then can't remember half the things you said. And Mm -hmm. I remember this one time, there I go. God just brings things to my remembrance. Y'all getting it. Just letting it out right here on on the podcast. And one Mm time, um, I do my mom her retirement party and my sister was incarcerated at this time. So she didn't, she wasn't able to take part in it. And my mother was getting on my nerves. I remember that. It was like, she just was complaining and she just, that part I remember. So I had said something to her and I didn't know what I said. And so the next, my ex-husband and I were together, of course. And the next morning he was like, you know, you really should be ashamed of yourself about what you said to your mother. And I'm looking at him Mm -hmm. Like, what did I say? 
I'm, my heart is racing because I'm like, oh my God, like, did I curse my mother out? But I know I, mm -hmm. I couldn't have cursed my mother. And I didn't. I did not. No, I did not. Thank God. <laughs> I mean, I still said, like, you know, I just can't wait till my sister gets home because you're just getting on my nerves. Nothing pleases you. And I guess her reaction, her feelings were hurt. Mm -hmm. It was her retirement party. Duh. It was not the right time. And, um, you know, the saying, a drunk tongue speaks a sober mind. And, mm -hmm. um, but I did feel bad. I felt bad. It, although that was my true feeling, I did really feel that way. Um, I think it was the fact that I said it in front of every, everyone and it just, it just wasn't the appropriate time. Even if that is how I felt, I shouldn't have said it. So, um, yeah, I, but I get the whole, um, my ex-husband, yeah, he got a good lashing many times or there were just times, you know, we would go out and, um, it was just, things I couldn't remember. I would end up with bruises, didn't know how the bruises occurred. And, and even though I was in his presence and I'm like, well, how do I have a bruise if you was with me? Like, what, what, what yeah. did you just let me fall? And anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's a whole different subject. Now that's you know why I'm single now, huh? So <laughs> let me fall and bump my dog ahead and got crack tooth. Not that that happened, but I'm just saying like, we, we, we how, what are you here for? Like, but, um, but yeah, I definitely can relate to those crazy moments. So, all right, that was it. Your husband said enough is enough. You cannot drink anymore. Was that the moment that you get support outside or you just didn't, you just stopped cold turkey, the Lord or. So definitely God. So that night, uh, you know, I was, still drunk it was late at night we had just gotten home but I remember like I was bawling and crying my eyes out and I told him I said well you know if I'm gonna stop I've got to take a leave from work I've got to find me a facility I've got to go to rehab I can't do this on my own you know I was like I'm too messed up I'm too far gone I have to get some help mm -hmm. and God you know saw fit for me to go another direction because I never ended up going to treatment I never ended up you know, in rehab or anything, mm -hmm. I I found my way, and I found my way through uh, online communities. You know, just researching, finding other sober people, reading books, reading Quitlet, and I did Annie Grace's thirty day challenge. That was my first thirty days of sobriety, and wow. from there, it, I just continued to research and find new authors, find new women who have you know done this without the help of. AA and treatment and things like that because I, I at first I thought that that was the only way I was mm -hmm. like well that's the only way you can get sober is right. you know the 12 steps you have to do this mm -hmm. you know and to find that there are women out there advocating for the fact that there's other ways to get sober I'm like well hmm, maybe they're on to something you know what right. I'm saying because I don't feel like I need to go to AA not judging anybody or, or looking down on anyone who right. went to AA, my mom, my, you know, I know tons of people who did the 12 steps right. successfully, right. but I didn't feel like that was the right path for me. And mm -hmm. so I found my way. I'm still finding my way every day. You know, right. it's still, it's each day. It, it's now, it truly is one day at a time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't know what tomorrow holds, right. but I know that as long as I stay sober, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Oh my God. And we know who holds our future. Right. And I feel uh, like yes, as, as long as you're <laughs> wrapped in God, and I'm not trying to sound overly spiritual, but that's my truth, honey. Seven mm -hmm. years sober. It is nothing but God. Don't think I don't wake up sometimes and 
alcohol, the aroma of Long Island iced tea, because that was my drink of choice. Don't mm. think that aroma just don't come into my nostrils. Meanwhile, it's nowhere near me, right? But, yeah. you know, it, it's, it just is what it is. And I love the fact that, you know, you said you're not bashing AA because I didn't go that route either, right? And I remember mm. going, to, again, never bashing them, but there are alternatives. There are other options. And um, for me, it was just like, you know, it, it's in the book. You guys can get it. I've, I've told the story a number of times. God just closed up my throat. Literally, he knew what he had to do for my uh, usage to stop. Now, I remember I used to walk by liquor stores praying, like, God, don't let me go in. Please don't let me mm. go in. And there were times that I did it. And then there were other times that I did. And in my mm. mind, I felt like God was saying, girl, you didn't pray before I heard you. You know, we have this this idea in our minds, uh, at least I did at that time, of, you know, God dishonoring our request because we've messed up so many times. And that's just not how God operates. He's not like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say that he mm -hmm. is consistent when we are inconsistent. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He does not change. So I need you to get that through your heads. Don't make yourself believe that God is judging you because you're still drinking. If you listen to this podcast drinking, God is not judging you. He's working behind the scenes. So that's what I had to understand. And he was preparing me for that close up moment where he shut my throat down. He was preparing mm -hmm. me those requests, those prayer requests, all that stuff was not falling on deaf ears. He was just doing it in his own timing. And I'm grateful for that. I'm so thankful that he did it his way, because if he had did it a different way, it would not have worked. I know it would mm -hmm. not have worked. He's so strategic when he does things. It blows my mind even today. But girl, we Girl, don't let me start. Don't get me get started when it comes to you, God. Uh, you got me getting chills over here. You, I can listen to it all day. It's, it's, it's so it couldn't be more true what you're saying. That's just how he operates, you know? So mm -hmm. having that experience, right? And everybody's experience is going to be different. It's not going to be the same for everyone. Everyone's going to have a different way. We are not made the same. You know, that's how God operates. He knows what it's going to take. So he knew that it would take for you, you know, to have a risk of losing the king that God sent you. And that was what, it, okay, that's what's going to work for her because he knows you inside and out. He knows Ashley. He created Ashley. So he knows. He knew that, well, I'm going to have to shut her throat over because she ain't going to stop drinking. That's just not, it's not going to happen. In my mm -hmm. head, I thought God was just, I was just going to wake up like you did kind of and be like, boop, it's not there. And well, maybe you didn't wake up like that. But either way, I <laughs> thought that was my thought process. And Trust and believe the way that you think it will happen, it will be the opposite. <laughs> it will not be the way that you think. So God has a great plan. Um, do not give up. However, if he sends you to AA, if that's it, then that's how he wants it, then that's how he wants it. If he wants you to have a sponsor, if he wants you to have a coach. But my thing that you, the thing that you said to me that stood out is that you took action. You researched, right? You aligned mm -hmm. yourself. You, you know, you did the, abstaining for 30 days. You did the work. That is the difference too. We cannot think like God is a music musician or you can just, oh, I, I can do a cold turkey. 
I'm not here to debate that, but what I would say, even if that is your choice, you still need resources on top of it doing a cold turkey. You still need something to fill your cup. So be it if you're reading the Bible, if you're reading a, a, a book on alcohol abuse use, for me, it was just like, I needed to understand what this substance was doing to my body. So even though God had taken the taste out of my mouth, I started reading books on how my organs would be, you know, um, uh, affected by my drinking. I was educating myself on what could possibly have happened to my body because thankfully I got a physical. Do some research. Do not sit here and allow alcohol, Satan or your friends or anybody else to manipulate you and make you, girl, you don't need no support. The devil is a liar. You need support. Being mm -hmm. if it's external, Zoom, I don't care how you get it. Just get some support. So I love that you said that, Ashley. I'm sorry. I went long with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That listen, that that wonderful stuff you just said. You do you need support. Yeah. Whatever form it is, you you have to have it. Absolutely. There's no way around that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So okay, so you got the support. You know, you, you made your 30 days. I know you was like, yes. I mean, that's gotta feel great. It was it was it blew my mind. Like I I not in a million years that I think I could make it more than a week without a drink and I got to 30 days and I said this I'm doing this you yes. know I'm doing this I got to 30 days let's keep going let's see you know where this thing can go yes. I didn't know if I was gonna pick up a drink on day 35 or day 40 I didn't know but I I'm, I'm gonna keep on trying each day I don't pick up a glass of wine I was a red wine girl I know you said you were Long Island girl I was a red wine girl <laughs> I could go through a box of red wine in a weekend, you know, and that box has four bottles in it. So wow. I was yeah. But I I made it to the 30 days and then the six I celebrated every single day, you know, internally. But I made it a point to start sharing it on my platform, my mm -hmm. Instagram and on my blog. You know, I would share when I made those um 30 days, 60 days each right. month, you those know, those milestones. And I've made it, you know, I'm yes. 60 days sober, I'm 90 days sober. I felt like it it held me accountable mm -hmm. while it was, you know, uplifting and inspiring others. Yes. So it was doing a dual purpose. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And and like you said, it actually it uplifted you. But those are milestones, and those are great milestones. So here it is, you're celebrating your success. People are looking at themselves and saying, I can get it too. I can do it too. So that's absolutely incredible. But well, you talked about the blog. I know that's what you do now. Let's jump. Let's jump into that because I'm excited. Uh, so now you're sober, you're reaching these incredible milestones. How does the blog come into play? I started the blog before I got sober. I've always been a big cook and I've always loved to be in the kitchen and cook for my family. That's what I love to do. I would get in the kitchen and I would cook. My husband has a huge family. I've never had a huge family. So when we got married, it was like I gained a million new family members. Oh. So it was, you know, 30, 40 people over at our little, you know, 2,000 square foot house for the holidays. We got people, we got tables set up in the garage. We got people. Wow. Yeah. So, and I would cook like the whole thing. I'd be cooking for three or four days. You know, it's, it's what I've always loved to do. And my husband is like, you know, you working these these jobs, you know, that I, I thought that what I was supposed to do is graduate college, work mm -hmm. for a good company, climb the corporate ladder, you know, that's that's what you do. That's how you succeed. Right. But I never felt fulfilled. I always yeah. feel like I'm just going through the motions. Like I'm not doing 
what I love, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound cliche or whatever, but I mean, I would just sit there and be like, there's got to be more to life. You know, like we said about AA, I am not bashing or looking down on anybody who is happy doing that. It right. was not fulfilling for me. And so right. I had to find what was going to make me feel whole. Like, what can I do? What can I pour myself into mm-hmm. that I feel fulfilled in doing? And my husband was like, Ashley, what do you mean? What are you going to do? You're going to do something with the food. Like, you know, that's what you love to do. That's your gift. Like, do you not hear these people talk about how good your food is? Like, girl, you better do something with that. Yeah. You know, like, okay, you know, yeah, you're right. You're right. And I didn't know what I was going to do, though. I, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do catering. I did one catering event, and I was like, no, ma'am. That, it was so hard. It was so much work. And I was like, no, that's that's not it. And mm-hmm. so I had started the blog already, but it was kind of like just a hobby, you know, it was just up there. I didn't really maintain it a lot. I didn't post new content all the time. And so after I found out that catering wasn't it, I really started to take the blog serious. I started to learn about food photography, learn about how Mm -hmm. to create a website and how to design a website, how to create, actually develop recipes, you know, the correct Mm -hmm. way and things like that. So once I got serious about it, I really started to, you know, just pour myself into it. But mm-hmm. then when I got sober, when I got sober a year ago, that's when it really just, yeah. kind of, you know, it just, it turned into something else. It kind of just developed. I mean, I didn't even know what was happening. You know, I was getting like so much exposure and things like that. And I'm like, wow, what is going on? You know, but it was just God showing me that mm-hmm. you, if you walk through this door, I'm going to yeah. do the rest for you. And so I am just thankful and I'm here for, I'm, I, I don't even know how to describe how I feel. A year sober like that, I never thought it was possible. I never thought that anything I've done this past year was possible. And I'm just amazed. Every, every day I'm amazed more, you know, by the fact that I am able to do these things because I've never been able to stick to anything. You know, when I drank, I couldn't see anything through, you know, except for drinking. I could see that through all the way. But now that that's been removed, I'm seeing the true Ashley that was always there. She's just now able to shine, I guess. Look at God, girl, you got me in here. I'm tearing out and everything. That's how you had me a minute ago. (laughs) That is God. Like your key word is when when alcohol is removed, then then you can blossom. It's it's really you opening up. It's just who God has created you. And even to go back, what you were saying about you know not judging anyone. Listen, I was that queen who said I worked for city government, and I was like, I am not doing this for the rest of my life. There's gotta be more. I'm not, you know, given 20 years and you get a clock or watch or whatever it is that they give you. I don't really care what it is, but that's no shame, but you knew that you had more in you. And we all have something in us, each and every one of us. Now it's up to us to, you know, activate that. It's up to us to align ourselves in different areas, try different things until you find what works for you. But when alcohol is in the mix, of course, it's even more difficult to find that. What I believe, too, is that 
No matter how many drinks you had, how many blackouts you had, God still had that in you, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't going to come full throttle, full throttle until we, or you in that case, got that substance out of your life. And that is what I'm saying to you all that are listening. What you have in you, the things that you've dreamt about, the things that you've spoken about, the things that people have spoken over your life, that is still in you. It doesn't matter if you were a, and I'm just using this as an example, you know, a sex trafficker, it doesn't matter if you were molested, it doesn't matter what happened in your life. What gift God put down in you, he don't take it back. It doesn't mm -hmm. go, he doesn't take snatches, right? Like we literally, it is not like that. God is consistent, as I said before. You have to make the decision. You have to align yourself. You have to do some work. That gives us free will. So it's not like he's going to be like, I'm going to do everything for you. No, you take one step and then he takes some more steps. You know, I'm saying to you, what you have, you owe it to yourself. You know, Ashley and I are no different from any of you. We just made a decision. That was the, that's the only difference. And, you know, and we're still making decisions each and every day, right? Mm -hmm. And because we're doing that, things are opening up. And we're giving back at the same time. But there were women in our lives before us, her mom, my mom, relatives, that didn't have that opportunity to make those decisions. They were great providers. They did the best that they could do. But God's what fit to choose us. And just how he's seen fit to choose you, he's seen fit to choose you. You have to see fit to choose you. You have to see fit that God wants greater for me and he wants me to be the generational curse destroyer. That's what God wants. So when you start understanding that I am worth it, I am powerful, I am deserving of this, right? That is when things will happen. And again, get yourself the support that you need. Don't ever be afraid to invest in yourself, monetary or otherwise. Because in the end, you're investing in yourself regardless. If you think you're not investing, you are investing. But if you're invested in TV, you're invested in, you know, Spending time with people that are not adding value into your life, you are investing. So the question is, how much are you willing to invest goodness into your life? So um, I'm sorry, I forget, I didn't went all off, but I just, you know, when it's there, I've got to say it. I have to let it come out. But, you know, you're embarking on the path, Ashley, that God has called you to. And you have to figure out that catering wasn't it. Like, girl, no, fine. That's not for me to do. <laughs> I mean, paying me enough for all this time. Anyway, probably would be no price, you know, that even would be suitable for the, just the labor part. But, um, and now you are, you know, featured in vlogs. Tell us some more about the vlogs that you got this. What, what is that life like? What have you been able to do as a result to this vlog? Give us some examples. I mean, I, I love it because the entire thing, it, it, it's all mine. You know, it's my ideas that come to life from the design of the website, from the photography, from the recipes. You know, these are all things that I get to create. And it's just amazing to be able to have so much creative control over, I mean, the yeah. entire thing. And I my favorite part obviously is you know creating the recipes and doing that part but there's also a lot of other stuff that comes with it that I found you know I mean I, I had no idea you just see a beautiful blog and you think oh wow well it must be fun to be a blogger you know you take right. food all day and you know do to do like that's what I thought but man there is a lot of work that goes into it 
and I am learning each and every day. Every day I'm learning something new, but it it doesn't feel like, it never feels like a chore. It never feels like something, I never feel like, ugh, I'm, I just really don't feel like, you know, working on the blog today. Like, I love it. I'm so yeah. passionate about it. I literally yeah. dream about it. <laughs> I wake up, I, I swear to God, sometimes like I wake up to go to the bathroom like in the middle of the night and I can't go back to sleep because I have an idea for the blog, you know, whether it be a recipe or how to change something on my website or something for Pinterest or Instagram, like, and mm -hmm. I'm sitting there thinking about it for an hour or two, you know, before I fall back to sleep. So that's how I know it's, it's, it's what I'm supposed to do. I've never felt like that about anything. Ever. Yeah. And so that's how I, I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. And it's, it's, it's awesome. It really is. Um, I think that I have a long way to go as far as you know my growth and, and everything I'm, I'm working on that i'm working on growing my website traffic that's a, a piece of it that is really um it's hard for me to fully understand is is the web running a website and cool. google and seo and all that that's a whole nother topic but learning all those things has been a challenge for me so that's where i am right now and that's like my biggest challenge right now but i feel like it's it's something that i'll get past and and I'll be honest with you, the past like week or so, maybe a couple of weeks, like I've been like in a bad like emotional space. I've been feeling down because I feel like I'm not where I should be. I feel like I've been, I found myself comparing myself a lot to other people, and I've just I've found I've been doing a lot of negative self talk, and I'm trying to get out of that. But the thing that I'm most thankful for is my sobriety because had I. Um, had to deal with these thoughts when I was drinking, I know I would have turned to the bottle and I wouldn't have, you know, faced the emotions head on and been like, okay, you know, you, you've got to pull yourself out of this place because you, this is your dream. This is what you want to do. So you just have to figure it out. And mm -hmm. that's where I am right now, trying to pull myself out of that dark place and really be thankful for where I am because my blog grew really fast. Yeah. I was at like, maybe like 3,000 followers like eight months ago and now I'm at 15,000 and that's yeah. nothing but God. I don't know how people were seeing my content. I was like, how are these people even seeing my recipes? Like who is this reaching out to me? Who wants to talk to me? Who wants to interview me? Like I was blown away. So yeah. I have to think about those things. Whenever I feel right. like I'm not where I should be comparing myself to whoever over here, think about, I have to think about how or I've come in such a short amount of time and be thankful for that and bask in it and know that I can't know everything and I never will know everything. There you so go. It's just, it's a lot, but I am embracing it and I'm just, I'm happy that I get to create. That's what I want to do. So I'm happy to share that part of me with the world. You know, a blog, it's a website. People from all over the world see it. So it, it's an amazing feeling and journey to, you know, uh, watch it unfold every day. That's awesome. And I, I love that you said that, you know, you have to uh, stop comparing because, you know, that's a thief right there. And then focus on how far you've come. That is it right there. Focus on how far you've come in such a short time. People, I know people who have started blogs in years and they have not had the success you just spoke about. 3K to over 15K. Like that just doesn't happen in such a, such a short period of time. And the visibility, you know, being able to get exposure, that's only God. Honey. That's only God. 
So, you know, focus on those things. Um, I don't think that's how I sound too. Like, I didn't know about you. So, you know, you're definitely in the right direction. You're doing the things that you love. You said that, you know, you wake up, who, who does that? And same for myself. Like, I, I know, I know those feelings, but I can't get back into it because I just like, I used to keep that I need to do it. Because I used to do it when I was back in Jersey. I would have a little pad and pen next to my nightstand, on my nightstand. And I haven't done that in a while, I guess, because my office is just right down the hall. So I just get up, you know, bump into a wall or something. And then I go, okay. Yeah, same here. I do the same thing. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I know that feeling when you've got something on your mind and you're like, I've got to get this right. I got to get this right. It does feel good. It, it really feels good. Even in the space that I'm in, it's new. Um, it's uncomfortable. It's definitely mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And I know, I think God be like, girl. I got you. And I'm like, I know, yeah. Lord, but th- listen to this. I need this. <laughs> you know, so, you know, so it, you know, the fact that you know that it wakes you up, you dream about it, come on down. That's a beautiful thing. I just, I love it. And you guys that are listening, um, you know, I hope you're inspired by this. I hope if you have something inside of you that you know you've been wanting to do, you know, I pray that Ashley's story just really gives you that push. You know, um, at this time that we're recording this podcast, last week's podcast would have already been out. And I talked about, you know, some of the ways, you know, that alcohol was just really taken away from us and financially was one of them. And if you have something, that purpose inside of you, you know, you can start now and building up your finances, which builds up confidence and builds up, you know, just yourself. Um, and, and, and then eventually builds up the fact that, you know, you're possibly stop drinking or at least lessen your drinking. Um, but I hope that what she's sharing really is resonating with you all because it definitely is inspiring to me, to be quite honest. It's very inspiring. Um, you know, you talk about the traffic. Yeah, that website traffic is interesting because, honey, some days I look at my website traffic and I'm like, oh, wow, I've got like 3,000 people that looked and then like, I don't know, now, here late, I got like a thousand. I'm like, wow. (laughs) So it is is a lot. But, you know, we just keep doing what we do, keep showing up, um, keep serving. I think that that's what makes the difference. And so, uh, yeah, I want to just, you know, we're going to wrap it up. Um, But before we do, I want to ask you, though, are there any words of, of encouragement? If you were to say to someone any of the listeners, obviously, that, you know, are hearing your story and saying, I too have a dream and I, you know, alcohol has been my drug of choice um, or possibly drugs or both. Um, what would you say to them to help them um, in their lives? If you think that alcohol is holding you back in some way, don't be ashamed of that. The number one thing is don't don't be ashamed of, you know, admitting that alcohol may be a problem in your life. Mm-hmm. Do what you need to do. Do you have to research, you have to reach out to someone, you have to find resources to utilize to help you figure out whether it is something you need help with or not. And if you do, if there's somebody in your life, whether you have a spouse or, or, or someone who you can lean on for support, lean on them. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we try to face things alone because we don't, we feel like we're a burden. Don't feel like you're a burden. 
ask for help. And if you need that help, please do what you have to do to, to find it, to outsource it and get the help that you need. And if there is something that you feel like you want to do or dream that you have and in your mind it seems so far away, it's not that far away. That's it right. is not that far away. You have to believe in yourself and like Connie said, invest in yourself. Nobody is going to do that piece for us. So please reach out. I mean, if, if you can reach out to me, do that, Connie. I mean, there are so many people out here and so many resources. So don't, don't be afraid. Take that first step and know that once you do that, once you begin doing the work, those dreams that you have, they will come to fruition. They will. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, invest in you because you are the biggest investment. You are royalty. You have to understand that um, not investing in yourself is costing you too much not to invest in yourself. So I love those words of wisdom. Um, let the audience know how they can connect with you, all your social media platforms. Let them know where you are and how they can stay connected. Absolutely. So my website is pinkowlkitchen.com and that's the color pink owl, O-W-L, kitchen.com. And then my Instagram, you can find me on Instagram at the at symbol, the pink owl kitchen.com. So it's the word B in front of the T-H-E. Um, and then you can also find me on Facebook at the pink owl kitchen. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an open book and I'm, I'm willing to, you know, if, if you want to ask me a question or, you know, advice or anything, I'm, I'm always going to respond. <laughs> oh, Ashley, thank you so much, Queen, for being here. Thank you for your time, for the blessings, for the food, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the visuals are absolutely impeccable, you guys. Go on over, you know, follow her page. We'll put all the information, of course, down in the show notes. Uh, you'll be able to uh, follow her there. But Take her up on her offer, you know, reach out. Maybe you are someone that wants to start a, a food blog or you just have something, um, you know, that you have on your heart and, and you know, maybe she can help in, in whatever capacity. And of course, I am here. Absolutely. You know, uh, you guys know I do coaching. Um, I'm here. And also I've started financial coaching as well. So it's sobriety, financial and life coaching is all wrapped in one because we know that alcohol affects our finances. So hence the reason why I had to get into that. Um, listen, God loves you. I love you. But um, I can never love you as much as God does. You are worth fighting for do know that put in the work align yourself with some great people that can love on you until you can love yourself the way that you should be loved all right so thanks again ashley so much for being here you guys again know that i love you but god loves you far more than i ever could until next week you be blessed please thanks for joining me this week on the sober sessions podcast. I am so grateful that you decided to listen in. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Sobriety Queen Connie, as well as visit my website, ConnieSMcMillan.com. Those two platforms, you will learn even more and get even more support for your journey to know that you are purpose and not pain. Lastly, I ask that you would be so kind to subscribe to this platform that we would be able to get more information out to you as well as to others. And don't forget to leave us a review so that we can know that we are serving you to the utmost. Thank you so much for being a listener. 
I am truly, truly honored and humbled to be the servant that God has chosen me to be. Be blessed. Later.